Greetings. Uh, we are now in the twenty-first, uh, I think, episode of uh, Alpha's Next. I'm Terry Nugent, your host on Air Talent, uh, everything, and uh, pundit. I've always wanted to be a pundit. Uh, I'm kind of a pundit without pundit without uh, portfolio. So now I've got a little forum here, and not enough. People are listening, by the way. If somebody doesn't start listening to this, I'm going to stop doing it. So, yeah, no, probably not. If the spirit moves me, I'll do it anyway, because it's kind of a uh, testament, you know. Uh, if we ever do get an audience, then we'll be able to show that we were either right, wrong, or indifferent in our thinking uh, on the morning after. So, um, Today has been a bad day. Everything's down about 4% across all the uh, leading indexes, as we say in the trade, or as they say in the trade. I'm not really in the trade. Um, but that's, I think, because of Andrew Cuomo and Donald Trump. People don't necessarily believe anything Trump says except bad news. At least people in New York, for example, the blue states. So when Trump says things are terrible, they tend to believe that. <clears throat> and that's not the worst way to filter Trump because, you know, he's a real estate developer and everything's always coming up roses and everything's always great and he's great. So when he comes out with bad news, you know he doesn't want to come out with it and he wouldn't if he didn't have to, but he has no choice. So when he and uh, and Tony Fauci, my hero, everybody's hero today, uh, come out with uh, you know one to two hundred thousand deaths, you can. That's probably for real. But remember, you know, typical flu season, you'd have fifty thousand, forty, fifty. So you got to put it in perspective. I mean, people are dying all the time, folks. And uh, nobody actually gets out alive. Keep that in mind. So, you know, if it's 4X a normal flu season, honestly, that's not that bad. I know it sounds bad, but um, this is in the U.S. You know, I from what I hear, the international situation, you know, while we're always talking about how great the health systems are in other countries, I think this is going to vindicate ours because I think our death rate's going to be a lot lower than a lot of other countries. Uh, public health, that's another story, you know. We're going to see some countries like South Korea and uh, Singapore and Hong Kong, although Hong Kong is part of China, as the Chinese will tell you, that have really handled this well because this isn't their first rodeo. This kind of is ours, at least since 1918. We haven't really had anything like this since polio, you know. So um, we're not accustomed to dealing with viruses that are public health threats in any other than flu, you know. We just take that in stride. So if this is 4X normal flu and it's novel this time and it won't be novel next time, then... Uh, first of all, good job, everybody, if that's what it ends up, because that's pretty good virus management, in my opinion. And secondly, um, you know, 
it won't be that bad the next time because the virus is no longer novel. Our defenses, both biological and uh, bureaucratic, will be in a lot better place the next time than this time. And if they're not, there'll be real hell to pay politically. So, uh, but the other thing is then that uh, Cuomo came out and talked about the situation in New York. And, and this gets back to that log versus linear conversation that I've been having with uh, you loyal few listeners uh, for the last few days. You know, uh, on a linear basis, these numbers don't look so good. On a logarithmic basis, the rate of increase is actually coming under control. So the bottom line is what the market perceives as bad news is actually good news. Uh, The deaths are going to peak probably, you know, according to the people who I trust, in a couple of weeks, mid-April, late April. Well, once they peak, that means that this thing has swept through the country like a wildfire, and it's swept through the most populated areas, and then it's going to sweep through probably the less populated areas. But in less populated areas, there's fewer people to die. So, um, and hopefully the ratio of, uh, of medical care to uh, ICU cases is, is going to be better, at least within, you know, 100-mile airlift uh, capacity on the air ambulances. So, uh, you know, I think New York is more overwhelmed just because they've got so many more people. And even though they do have a fairly robust uh, hospital base, it's not not as cope as able to cope with the surge as say it would be in Milwaukee or you know Des Moines, Iowa, where you got some university hospitals that are pretty close. So anyway, um, <clears throat> what I th- I think the market is taking this news. Uh, it's not baked in. These deaths should be baked in. They're not baked in, and so the market goes down four percent when it probably shouldn't, in my opinion. The VIX is up. I think the VIX is back over 60. The uh, 10-year yield is down to 0.62, which means people are flying to safety rather than buying uh, the dip. The 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 S&P, though, is still at 2475. So my 2500 level is not... uh, causing me concern today. I think that's still a good level, and it's still investable. You know, I thought this cat got out of the bag, but it looks like that was kind of a false dawn. The rallies we had earlier, last few days, last 10 days maybe, um, there's still time to buy. So those of you who are opportunistic, who have cash to put to work, um, you're, you've still got the opportunity. You still got to buy an opportunity. Kramer put out a list of stocks. He's got this barbell idea, which is that there's stocks that are buys now, and they're mostly tech stocks and such that have held up well. And then there's stocks that will do well down the road. Uh, you can go look at that list on CNBC. I don't have a position one way or the other on that. I mean, you know, he does a lot of analysis. 
Now here we see a petroleum company filed for bankruptcy, Whiting. I have come to the conclusion that you are going to see a lot of companies go BK uh, because as you look at the, the, the bailout, the, the relief bill, the stimulus, a lot of companies aren't going to want to do what they are asking in terms of giving up equity or whatever it is and accepting these limits on you know dividends and so and, and executive compensation i mean you're asking the guy who's got to make the decision to do something that's not in his own personal financial interest um that's all great you know points for the dnc and for the convention but you know uh, corporations being what they are they're not going to going to give you know, potentially Joe Biden or, or Bernie Sanders, you know, a seat on the board. They're just not going to want to do that. So I think a lot of companies, and if I was a company like that and I was faced with uh, the choice of either letting Bernie run my company or, or going bankrupt, I would probably go to bankruptcy and take my chances, uh, which does pose the possibility of shareholders being wiped out. So uh, be be mindful of that. I have a feeling a lot of that money is going to get left on the table. The small companies will take it because small, medium business, the, you know, the government doesn't want to share a Joe's hot dog stand. They want to share a Boeing. They want a share of United Airlines. And I don't think they're going to get what they want. So uh, that kind of argues toward the Russell 2000, just thinking out loud. Because those are companies that, you know, that they aren't headline companies where, you know, you could have their head on a pike and celebrate. Um, the other thing that is worth reading today is in the New York Times, Kate Kelly wrote an article about uh, the surge in borrowing, drawing on lines of credit by federal government. And they talked about that on CNBC and the consensus was that, you know, thanks to the reforms after the 2008 crisis, the financial system is actually very stable right now. Uh, they've got a lot of capital. They've got a lot of dry powder. All the things that the banking industry criticized that uh, Frank for are actually helping at this point. So it's kind of a vindication of Dodd-Frank, if you will. And I read this whole article, the whole thing. Boy, pat myself on the back. Well, I read it so you don't have to. And it's a very, uh, you know, dry article. It, it, it resonates with people in the banking industry apparently more than the average reader because I read it and I was kind of like, well, so what? Uh, but... When I was in journalism school, they taught you to, you know, do the inverted pyramid and, and, and put the, the most important stuff at the top of the article. I would say that this article does the opposite because uh, the last few paragraphs are actually the ones that uh, are the most important. And I'll just kind of speed read it. The, the rescue package fails to close the gap uh, between top-rated companies and those further down the credit scale. And, of course, it's like, you know, I heard a funny story or a funny uh, 
comment about banks, and I can't remember it now, but, um, you know, it's like they always want to lend you money when you don't need it. Well, that's kind of what it is here. Uh, The top-rated companies are finding it a lot easier to borrow than the marginal ones, and the marginal ones are the ones who need it. So, uh, of course, there's a lot of friction, too, uh, to get this money out. One of the things I'm thinking of doing is helping people get the money out of SBA. So if you need help with that, uh, let me know. I'm going to meet with the good folks at Wintrust and Beverly Bank. Uh, Tip of the hat to Ann Haskins, who's on the board there. And uh, the new president is a man of Carmel, as am I. So I'm going to try to get a meeting set up with them. And they're part of Wintrust. I recommend Wintrust because they are very well, they have a great reputation for working with small businesses, which some banks don't want to. And uh, so anyway, read this article. I'm going to wrap it up because I think my wife's coming down to train and there'll be a lot of background noise. Uh, But in any event, the bottom line on this is that there are... uh, the Fed may be in a position where it has to violate its own regulations or turn down the very businesses that are in need of interventions, according to Peter Canty Brown, who is an assistant professor, but at Wharton. Um, so the Fed may have to brave, the, the end quote here is that uh, there's a fellow named, or a person named Skanda Amaranth at Employ America, which is a left-leaning group. And uh, Skanda says, the question is whether the Fed is feeling aggressive enough to exercise its authority or afraid of the politics and the blowback because, you know, they will be criticized by the left, which is what surprises me that this person is a left-leaning person. The left will criticize them for bailing out companies. And what that's going to do is push companies into bankruptcy because they don't like the strings attached or maybe they can't even get the money with the strings and uh, because of Fed rules. And, uh, you know, there they go, BK. So um, don't expect, at least I'm not expecting these government uh, programs to be a panacea here because I, I think there's too many strings attached as we read the fine print. So anyway, that's it. Um, I will jump on later. If the spirit moves, this is brought to you by Alpha's Next. Uh, we're trying to help you do better than average. And uh, we uh, hope that you find this helpful in that cause. It's all lawyered up. Don't steal it, but do share it. Share it with reckless abandon because if I don't get enough people listening to this, you know, I mean, who knows? I may get tired of doing it. Adios.